Running this March 9th through April 10th is The God Machine Volume 1 Revision Kickstarter. A revised and definitive edition of the graphic novel that originally came out in 2010. A torrid yet darkly humorous tale of lost love, monsters, and gods. By writer and artist Chandra Free. Featuring 180 pages of fully painterly comic art, new covers, a new logo by Phil Ballsman, relettered by Taylor Esposito, a new forward, revised text, extended scenes, new comic pages, art galore, new characters, and returning is the original forward by Venture Brothers' own Dog Hammer. This is a perfect book for new and original fans alike. But wait, there's more. The Kickstarter video features Dr. Venture himself, James Urbaniak. Meow. Not only that, but Toonami's own Dana Swanson lends her voice to this amusing ride. Come check it out at thegodmachine.org. We have the book, pins, prints, paintings, and original art. We can only do this with your help. That's thegodmachine.org from March 9th to April 10th. Make it happen, friends. Rated M for mature readers. The following episode of Gilded Calamitous Podcast contains subject matter and discussion of topics that may be considered triggering by some listeners. Viewer discretion is advised. Incoming Guild Transmission. Code. India. November. Dango. Echo. Romeo. November. Hello! Hi! I'm Rilo, I'm your vet fan. I'm Garden, I'm your baby fan. And this is Guild of Calamitous Podcast, an unofficial Venture Brothers rewatch podcast. Uh, welcome to part two. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the significantly, uh, you know, more upbeat <laughs> part half two. A, half an episode. Um, well, full episode acting as half an episode. You know what I mean. Half a story. Um, yeah, it's it's the other half of the story at the time. Yeah, this is what Dean was doing while. Hank was being Hank. Um, uh, I gotta admit, I, I I see a lot of my I always see a lot of myself in both of the boys. Yeah. In this this moment, and I I gotta admit, I I feel for for Dean in this episode. Uh, we're, we're I'm just gonna toss this uh, this uh, I guess story out. Um, Garden and I, about four years ago, 2017, uh, we road tripped from Pennsylvania where I was visiting her, uh, to New York city for two days, three days. We got there that night and then we were, we had two full days in the city, two full days in the city, uh, and then left, uh, uh, so, I finally got to experience New York. I uh, had been a couple times because art school. Because art school, yeah. Yeah, so, so yeah, got to go to the MoMA, got to go, you know, check out everything. Did you go to the Frick ever? Yeah. See, like, so you do that. Yeah, right? so we did, we did the art, we did the art museum, you know. I, though, a longtime theater kid. Yeah, this kid is totally not gay. Uh, <laughs> hard, hardcore theater fan since since uh, birth. Birth. Uh, I always wanted to go to New York and see a Broadway show, so we went and we saw. We saw. We got to see three. We saw three. We saw uh, Groundhog Day, which was phenomenal. We saw Bandstand, which is now one of my favorite musicals ever, and it makes me cry like a baby. Uh, and we saw Wicked, which classic. We're extra, we're extra, and, and it was basically. completely amazing. And it was amazing. All three were phenomenally performed and beautiful. Uh, 
And I gotta admit, uh, New York, my mom's like, New York's not gonna live up to your expectations. Uh, I, I was, I was satisfied. I'm sure. Uh, I certainly felt more at home in New York than I had at my house. <laughs> uh, it's a very different energy. And like, I guess I had kind of gotten used to it. It's much more chaotic. Um, at, at that point, I had been living in Philly for two years previous to that. And I'd been hanging around in Philly. Yeah. So, so I was kind of used to the, you know, I was I was used to the grime, and the day to day meh of dealing with larger cities, including yeah, subways I'm and L trains sure and the goddamn I'm sure I system. Sick of it. I I'm sure I would have been sick of it after if I lived there for like two months or something. I'm sure. Oh, I yeah, no, like you. I would have I would have found like aspects of it endearing. But I probably would have bitched about it as much as I bitch living where I do now. Yeah. Because yeah. you can't be happy 100% Look, of the time. I love but public... I may be a little happier. I love public rail. Yeah. But the goddamn SEPTA system has ruined it for me for eternity. I know. We, well, we had a good, uh, we had a good metro. Ex- uh, we did have the one experience. guy who's trying to sell us spiked uh, fruit barrels. Out of a suitcase. Out of his out of his ice filled suitcase. Yeah, that's that's yeah. yeah. And and but we didn't run into a mariachi band, so I'm pretty happy about that. Because that did. is the one thing you have to worry about. We can did we? Post, I didn't even see no, him. No, no, no. We we can post pictures of us running into um uh oh fuck. Um The Naked Cowboy. The Naked Cowboy, yeah. Well we ran into him, he's always around. I know. Square uh we saw the the depressed looking the sad looking like elmos oh yeah the incredibly depressed elmos yeah we saw all those stuff um there's a video of me first seeing times square and i you cried you cried like a baby Uh, like a um, hungry angry baby i'm yeah i was really hungry we hadn't eaten breakfast (laughs) it was we hadn't eaten breakfast or found anything decent for supper the night before so i was like it was like I was 7 a.m. We were hungry. Yeah. I was like bordering on hanger. Yeah. 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 And then remember when we got lost? We took the train the wrong way. Yeah. Yeah. So we had a we had our own, you know. We had our own New York adventure. Our own wacky New York adventure. Uh, and I got to say, I think the Venture Brothers New York looks... I, it's a I, lot cleaner. I like it a little. It's a I lot like it. cleaner. I like. I like it a bit more, and we get to see more of Venture Brothers New York later on, and that, and it's really good. Uh, but that's like t- another season away, <laughs> so I shouldn't be getting excited about it now. <laughs> oh, but you are. You're already excited. I'm excited about everything. That's just. My I'm excited about vibe. this episode. This one makes me excited. Oh, so let's jump into it. The title, Mean, Bright Lights, Dean City, written by Jackson Public, directed by Jackson Public, I assume. I didn't write down who directed it. Oops. Uh, Original air date, October 10th, 2010. Its episode number is 52. Correct me if I'm wrong on that one, by the way. Totally call me out for not not doing the legwork. Um... Our cast of characters and voice casts for this episode are as follows. James Urbaniak as Dr. Venture and Phantom Limb. Michael Sickless Venture. Chris McCulloch as Hank Venture, Fat Chance, Cody, Mr. Polygamy, and Lyndon B. Bill Hader as Professor Impossible and Alien Villain. T. Ryder Smith as Baron Underbite. Mia Baron as Lady Hawk Johnson. And big special guest star, Nathan Fillion. Yay. Uh, best known for his roles on Firefly and Castle and uh, Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog. Classic. Uh, as as uh, Brown Widow. But I get totally excited about this guy. 
he becomes a recurring character later yes on it's great it's great yes I'm it's ready. great we get, you, get more, you get more ready. nathan fillion <laughs> Get look, look, I am a proud supporter of the Nathan Fillion Civilian Pavilion movement. <laughs> and I love Nathan Fillion. <laughs> I do too. I do too. I'm not a fan of Firefly. And See, I know I, like I can't yell that. But that's because that. you know, I'm I'm willing to separate the issues <laughs> from the really good well, story. No. See, I, I just couldn't get into it. It's I, like, it's, I, it's a very specific thing. I I yeah, it's very it's yeah it's, uh, it's space not, not unlike not not unlike one uh, Venture Brothers. It is sort of a nichish program. It's where space it has cowboys. Its, it has its very devoted fans. It's space cowboys. I just I couldn't do it. Uh, I I get why people like it though. Oh yeah. <laughs> It's it's a it's it. a great fun it's great fun. I get why Twenty One watches it. Like you know, yeah. I understand it. I feel you, Twenty One. So, um, we start off with a lovely montage. It's an ominous one at that, but I uh, love it. Uh, yeah, we, we get uh, Jonas Venture Junior dying in space while building a uh, with. I want you to keep in mind that that's being built because we're we're gonna eventually have to deal with that uh in a in a big way in a massive special kind of way uh, and he dies because his oxygen tank uh malfunctions which was made by a subsidiary of impossible industries uh girl, Hit- girl hitler dies when her microphone shorts out quotation mark shorts uh, and the monarch finds out that his, his trust, trust fund, fund is, has been drained. His bank, which is now also owned by Impossible Industries, was robbed. And they're not FDIC. And he blames his wife, who is already dead because of a set of sleeper agents, aka the Moppets. And the murder is set up to look like it's committed by 21, who... By this it's point, we showing instability. Has, uh, uh, yeah, showing instability. And meanwhile, the guild slowly falls apart, losing member after member until the sovereign kills himself. But that's not really what happened because this is all just Phantom Limb's crazy plan. Yeah, that's right. It's a Phantom Limb episode. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, I really like how, like, he's really got, like, a nice four-year plan here. Dude has goals. Dude has vision. I can appreciate that. Yeah, there's an end game. There's an end like, game. Dude, he's got his steps planned out. He is he is playing this. So, like, this is a game of 4D chess, and he has all the pieces. Yeah, this is a game of cat and also cat. Um, uh, a very long one at that. Uh, and I, I want to point out, he is... At this point, completely propelled by anger at being dumped. I just want to yeah. keep that in mind. Like, that's really, like, that's partially that's what's, in- talk- what's really propelling it is that his girlfriend dumped him and got married to the monarch. <laughs> like, that's that, like, I'm sh- there's deeper, there's other stuff going on. Like, I mean, he the has, whole, like, like the beef with the sovereign. Well, he has a beef with the sovereign for whatever reason. For whatever fucker that he created, he created the beef. Yeah, uh, and then he's he's still just pissed off for being dumped. Well, he which is like get over it. He created the beef because he got dumped. He created the beef because he got dumped. Exactly. Like, dude, it's so dude, stupid. It's dude. So fu- oh, it's, yeah, I know. It's like. I know Phantom Lip seems like really fucking unredeemable, but he does. He turns out to be like I really like. like I him. feel for him. I do Some feel for him. Later at the same seasons, time, I'm really like, do. dude, let but it go. But at this point, it's just like, oh, God. dude, let dude. it go, dude. This is you're taking it too far. <laughs> um, and also. 
that Professor Impossible is opposed to it because it's a little killy. I mean, valid. It's a little kill heavy, uh, which, yeah. It's not his style. He prefers like corporate takeovers, which is killy in a completely different way. No, I just, no, he's Professor Impossible. He prefers to be ineffective. Have you seen him? True. Have you seen his character arc? Yeah, I mean, partially so far. Uh, oh, it doesn't arc much further than this, <laughs> I promise. It's not a very big arc. It's, it's, it's more of a speed bump. Just a little, little tiny. Um, the whole discussion of the names, too. The Violet Hour. hour. It's called the Violet Hour. No. I do like the Revenge Society, though. The Revenge Society. That's a solid name. name. That's That's a solid name. Uh, Also, also, uh, and and Underwriting Impossible are awful at coming out names. I'm just calling it now. Uh, Purple Prose is also very, very bad. Yeah, neither no. neither of their suggestions are good. No, the revenge uh, society is like you know it's versatile, it's brandable. You have some flexibility in what you're marketing. Uh, I and I do like the the fact though that they're all wearing these purple outfits. They've all taken on the impossible routine, the the color scheme, which, which Phantom did, Limb like, already had. But like, I kind of dig it though. It's a nice color. Purple yeah, is a good. really good color. Purples are a really and surprisingly ominous color too. Yeah, I and underbites. Underbites costume uh, too is great. Yeah, I think it's that whole like you know, it was deemed the royals and we the peasants are going like, mm. especially now. None of us. We once again brought down the monarchy by spilling spilling tea. tea. Um. Also. Guess who else is working for Impossible Industries? Yeah, but I got to I got to put this out because I'll forget about it. Uh, look, if you guys look closer at Underbite's logo, it's oh, different. It's different because it has it has the missing. Oh my! It's different God. than the than the Impossible Industries logo. It's like that's pretty beautiful. Logo. Yeah, I know. It's little details. It's little things. Um, but sweet, yeah. Sweet little things. Oh, also manservant thighs. Oops. Oops. Not that. He had to show his loyalty. Which was not what By signing a contract, not, not snapping what... a neck. But at least that's, I mean, it's an easy way to get rid of the manservant who... I'll be honest, I really like the man service, so that kind of saddens me because it just it was just completely gone. Done. Done. You're done. You're done. Yeah. Done. Out of Let's here. drop that. Um eat the body out of the sky. But also also uh Dean is interning. This is where Dean's big internship was that he left for last episode. It was impossible uh, industries. And, uh, and then we get this still... wonderful little montage with him. Oh, which also, the news article, uh, fun fact, is printed in full on the newspaper, the edition of the Venture Home News, that Billy is reading, and everybody's going to say, hey. It's, it's pretty, <laughs> the full thing. Beautiful. That he types out. That's what Billy's reading when he's waiting for him. <laughs> for Hank and Hank. I love that so much. Like, seriously, the continuity is starting to get pretty tight with the show. And this is sort of the season where it really starts to tighten up. Now, I know that, that usually you're the one who's info dumping about fun little things in episodes, but I actually have a fun little info dump about the music that's playing during the uh, yeah. little montage. The piece is called Window Gazing by Ivor Slaney, and um, it was used most recently in the video game Little Inferno, which is probably where a lot of people are recognizing it from. But the dude also composed for Monty Python. He's on the soundtrack for uh, Monty Python of the Holy Grail. And other, uh, he wrote so much incidental music. He's been used in SpongeBob, The Simpsons, and most recently in WandaVision. 
Yeah, well, and and that music, yeah, it's so old. The copyright's gone. Yeah, so it's, like, it's 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 it, and I, I was gonna say I don't think people just know that from Little Inferno, which came out in like 2014. <laughs> no, but it was like one of the most recent ones that used it and yeah, kind of blew yeah. well, up. Window yeah, gazing the, is the, it's really hard to find actually. But you can't like you you can't really get it. Unless, and, unless you're like unless you're in the know unless you have like access like, to the old vinyl records that were printed in the 60s or or you have uh like a big package of incidental music that's copyright free yeah like one of those know. big music packages that you can buy but it's really hard to find online it's really hard to find any of his music online that isn't directly attributed to certain episodes and certain movies. Yes. You can't just find like cool incidental music by Ivor Slaney. I'm sure you can if you did enough digging. Yeah, I mean, I haven't done that. Much, and, and, but it's, yeah, it's yeah, no, you really didn't want cool. to commit the. Yeah, like I, don't, like I, I don't have time to commit the man hours to uh, unearthing ancient, uh, like like nineteen fifties supermarket like music. We're we're both open to being called out if this stuff is easily findable because we didn't do the legwork. It's like how I did bother well, there, to look there up been, who directed there this people. episode. There have been a like, couple <laughs> people who have posted like certain things online, but like uh, it's still harder to find. He's really largely uncredited. Yeah. You know, over um, pretty much everything. But he did a lot of incidental music in a lot of movies. So keep your eye out. You never know when you're going to find an Ivor Slaney. So, um... Dean's shoebox apartment. Love By the way, feel it. I can info dump on the apartment building. Please they took. <laughs> uh, they took photos of Doc Hammer's apartment building hallway. Because Doc Hammer, infamously, <laughs> like he talks about it constantly, lives in a shoebox of an apartment that. Uh, kind of looks like it belongs to heroin addict maybe like this is how like jackson has described it on yeah. like commentaries and in interviews like the it, the cheap but you know make sure your door is locked it, well it's it's uh you know when you get you get good rent in manhattan you know you don't let go of that you get you grandfathered into the yeah his 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 yeah his whole thing is well i've lived there since i was an infant <laughs> which you know if you get you get but those that's my info the... grandfathered in so that's why so that's my little info bit on which i don't know what that says i mean it, it's it, this his apartment is infamous for how they've talked about it and described it i can and, imagine and having been an apartment dweller yeah see i've always lived in the house <laughs> yeah man sometimes you walk into an apartment and you're like but i have friends who live in apartments and i'm like they're the the omen here is not great yeah no when uh when i've been shopping for apartments before it's like not this one <laughs> yeah this place seems pretty nice yeah. that i never got to visit i as a single woman <laughs> do not want to live here. <laughs> yeah. I would like to live. Yeah. Um, but yes. It's, so it's, it's not that great, but what are you going to get for as much as teens will like to pay? I mean, again, you get grandfathered in on those leases, you're going to get some nice rent yeah. Uh, uh, and we also begin like the C plot of this episode. At the same time, we get we get uh, Doctor Venture. So the Doctor Venture went and saw the Music Man, which is hilariously set in 
Iowa. Riverside, it, Iowa, which is like the River City, Iowa, in, which is yeah. Mason City, Iowa. Yes. Which is two not, hours away from Yeah, it's from not it's not hometown. far from our hometown. Uh and it's from, kind of painful. And there's there yeah, there's not a high school band in Iowa that hasn't had to at some point play 76 trombones. Like, you know. We own it. We own it so hardcore. It's kind of like uh, Children of the Corn jokes or anything involving Star Trek. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just trouble. I, let I, it happen. The, the number of times I've been told there is trouble right here in River City about a situation. I'm just like, ah. The God, amount of times I have it. been said that as I live outside of that godforsaken state. It, it, yeah, it's something that doesn't go away. Uh, it is a very it good movie, though. <laughs> watch, watch oh, it. Excellent watch. movie, but it follows you. It haunts you. <laughs> uh, and apparently inspirational enough uh, to make the venture think that he should write his own musical. I mean, the items that he purchased from Hank's store, which he just throws that out there. Like totally does not like follow Explain up on it. it. And like and Dean's like, it's a store. Because <laughs> no, he's not been there. Just Hank let go happen. happen. Just let it happen. Hank go happen while he was already <laughs> Let it happen, Dean. Just let it happen. I and then oh, him he's still wearing his Spider-Man PJs. Come on. I still wear my wait. panda onesie. I know, but those the Spider-Man PJs are getting way too. They're tiny. getting really tiny. You could but now, buddy, like, buddy, like you could before, buy new ones. Like before, you could tell that they were a little tiny on him. But like in that in this episode, like when he's like hanging up on the wall pretending to be Spider-Man. Yeah, they're really small. You look at him and you're like, oh, that's Bloody. like, those are really short on you, dude. You had a gross spurt. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. Like, oh, being a teen is rough. But <laughs> yeah, Rust, a Broadway musical. Name a, uh, Hamilton doesn't stand a chance against that. You know, come on. I, I would I would buy the soundtrack in a heartbeat. Same. Uh, I want the soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. So uh, he's gonna loudly write his musical while Dean's trying to sleep for his internship on Dean's <laughs> typewriter. On and while also taking over Dean's bed. While also taking over Dean's bed, like it's just the worst he's situation. Just kind of like yeah, like okay. Rusty is an actual parasite at times. Just sort of he, no. This this isn't even like like actually he is actually a, par- a parasite at this moment because the amount of boundaries that have been crossed. Oh, on top of all that, uh, I, I probably should mention it earlier. I just want to point out uh, how much I fucking love the fact that uh, there there's a shock outline of a body. Yes, oh, and that well, stays there the whole somebody, episode. Somebody died there. You know? Somebody died. Something bad happened here. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, it's right next to the L. Yeah. Bad things happen next to the L. Um, you don't want to live next to the L unless you have to. So, I don't know if I'd applied. I had applied for a society that was that a commercial like that. Like, like what the Revenge Society produced. It was a, yeah. I it, it, it's very it's very public access quality. It's a very good concept start off to then pass off to a design team and actual writers and and actors who know what they're doing and, yeah. and not just underbite. Yeah, I know. Ian they get they get the guy with the really hardcore accent too. <laughs> like that's it's just common logic, man. Um, and we also learn about Spawn, 
which honestly, I have used, I've applied uh, this. I, I don't know if someone else. <laughs> I don't know if someone else came up with spam. But uh, it's a really I, good code. You know, it's also good for like D&D. But I, I've, yeah, I've used it. I've used that code before. Yeah, you saw uh, It really, it, and it's true. Every team needs this. It's, uh, yeah, it's, as yeah, far as, in D&D, it's, it's um, instead of error, it's acrobatics. But uh, it's, I, like, I, so I don't know if, uh, they came up with it, the, the spam, but I've I've seen it used elsewhere. Uh, the basic uh, it's concept, a fairly common like general makeup of a superhero team, yeah, or any magic or battling team, villains. any kind of like powerful group of individuals. It's speed, power, air, water, or the W could also be weather or wind and magic. Which again perfectly applies to Dungeons and Dragons if you tweak a couple of the words. Yeah, so all the concepts you all the things you need to take care of all the stuff. Basically any situation. Um and uh Cody's still hanging out and powering the whole building. Totally green energy and horrible. Like wow! Seriously, I impossible. Know. What the fuck? He, it's fucked up, and he's not even married to Sally. And he, you think Sally would step in? Because that's her brother. He's, yeah, he's not even she might not even know where he that Cody goes, is still is still he's, trapped. He has kidnapped. He, he, kidnapped. Pers- he is holding them against their will under torture. This is cruel and unusual. Yeah, because this is against the Geneva Convention. Because if Cody's in a certain environment, he's not on fire, right? Because that was that was what it was on Ice Station in Ice Station Impossible, something like that. Yeah, yeah. There were like he had to be in a special room where he wouldn't catch on fire. Yeah. So he's yeah he's being kept on fire to run. Uh impossible <laughs> which is again this is against the geneva convention this is a war crime it's, yeah I, this I is a war crime yeah he's uh and, and, he's, and he's and he's very and he's incident. very he's very much in pain <laughs> he's not having a good this is a humanitarian incident someone should step in um just the way Dr. Venture steps in and overtakes Dean's life in New York City is incredible and awful. He really is. He is parasitic. Yeah, no, he's like, oh, hey, you are going to go make me all of these copies. You're going to make me copies of Rust. I don't care what you need night. to do at your job. You're going to do this. Like, and no, I'm gonna have no. lunch with you, but it's a sack lunch, and I ate it. I make copies of, of this. I, I, I gotta, I gotta be in time for curtain. Like Jesus Christ, Rusty. See, sometimes he's just, he's just the fucking worst. Um, this is this is a next level. Like, wow. Yeah. Uh, wow. So uh, they're gonna kill Doctor Venture. I mean, I feel that at this point, which which I feel that at this time, Uh, that's (laughs) the plan. Especially now that they know that he's here, and Dean is working for a professor, possibly. Mm -hmm. Um, But the person who stops him is uh, our new character, Brown Widow. Who is Spider-Man. not shooting web out of his butt. It's just above his butt. 
Yeah, we're yeah, yeah. That's that's gonna be an ongoing thing. We're gonna we're gonna talk about the web hole, the again. web hole, in great detail, and also watch him clean it up. I don't want to watch him clean his web hole. Yeah, yep. Yeah, I didn't either. We're 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 better people for it. With a little Q-tip, he gets in there. Yeah, mm, mm, I know, mm, I know. Mm, it's it's, mm, it's rank, mm, 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 rank. <laughs> Um, and he didn't even, he didn't even, and, and, you know, it's, it's, and also the fact that they put the, so their big plan was like, oh, we'll knock him unconscious. I mean, cat. yeah, it makes sense. It's except, except they installed, they installed the cast in the wrong, like they're, they're so basic at this in general. Um, this is the first time that they've probably attempted something like this so i can give them credit for like not thinking it through yeah yeah Um, however basic common sense and it it leads to a whole argument that dean witnesses and then realizes that he's working for villains oops uh also i want to point out that the fact that uh dean has a whistle and a baton that's apparently a cut remnant of a cut scene where Sergeant Hatred gave Dean a rape whistle and a baton to defend himself in the city. I mean, again, that makes sense to me. It's the hat, too. The hat. Is, is he already wearing the fire hat or is that later on? That's later on. It's equally just awful. Dean's whole look this episode is, is awful. It, it's rough. Yeah. Um, and the fact that he so easily believes Professor Impossible's lie. He's going to be <laughs> rehabilitating villains. He's rehabilitating villains. He's going to be the new head of HR for villains. Which I mean, to, to be completely fair, the best place that you would want to put Dean is some kind of like organizational thing. Yeah, because like no, he totally. was he was doing great in that position. Yeah, no, he. This is the sort of stuff he's made for. Like he's really rocking it. Bring um, on those spreadsheets. Yes, bring on the spreadsheets and the appointments. I'm in. Uh, and I know some of them are not mentioned by name. And we see some classics, some classic villains uh, auditioning for the Revenge Society. Like Brainyolo is in the background. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, the the drill guy though, uh, we we get we get to know him later on. He's a fun one. Like. They, they trickle in these characters that are in the background that we then meet in full. like Which I, I love. Uh, like one of them we're gonna, we're gonna meet next season that becomes like just a recurring fan favorite. And he is just sort of kind of been in the background. Not really. He's spoken maybe once. <laughs> um, but yeah. So we're, we're gonna, we're gonna get to uh, know I forget his name for the life of me. The tool guy, you know. You yeah. know who I'm talking about. Yeah. The, the, uh, the and it's also... Yeah, that dude. Yeah, that dude. People are going to be like, you really didn't... You didn't do any fucking like, work to record this episode. Nope, because it's nope. about 9pm and we're tired. <laughs> <laughs> nope, we are. We, we did as much as... Listen, guys, we're... <laughs> I'm not We're allowed tired. to look things up outside of my own interests. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but but the characters that come Trumpet? through. The characters that we do get to meet for sure. Um, Mr. Mr. Polygamy. And Mrs. Polygamy. And Mrs. Polygamy. And Mrs. Polygamy. And they're clearly, you know, Mormons and they have magic underwear. That's one of their superpowers. Yeah. Uh, slightly taller than norm- average Indian. 
is giant Indian, but and he can grow bigger by standing on his toes. By standing on his tippy toes. Fat Chance, uh, who I who love this concept for a character. Uh, he has no. Con- he's a botched experiment. Uh, his body's an interdimensional portal, but he has no control over it. See, again, I love this concept for a character. It's like a bag of holding, but a person, and it's random. Uh, we get Lady Hawk Johnson and uh, her husband, Lyndon B., who uh, she's a hawk by, day, by night and he's a bee by day, and they never meet except for the eclipse. <laughs> Which is really kind of sweet. Uh 40 years of marriage, they're still going strong. I know. Uh, they're based off of uh, Lyndon B. Johnson and his wife. Yeah, I know. It's so great. It's I great. love it Lady so much. Lady yeah. Bird Johnson. Well, hence the hawk. Yeah, well, Lady Bird, uh, I always remember because the King of the King of the Hill, that's the reason their dog, their bloodhound's named Lady Bird. <laughs> it's but it's so but, it's so great. Uh, I, and I then, love that reference. We meet everybody's fan favorite now garden you're not in the fandom yes i have been purposely excluded so i don't get spoiled i would like to introduce you to scare bear that's his name hi scare bear he has a knife superpower he doesn't speak my superpower is knife he never says a word never says a word don't expect him to ever talk we actually don't know if it's a boy or a girl. We just know it's Scare Bear. It sort stands of there and breathes at you. They, they sort of just lurk in the background uh, of various villain gatherings. Ominously. <laughs> with a knife. With, with a bloody knife and blood all over their costume. I have concerns. And then they play a really big part in like the second to last episode. And we never know who they are. I need an adult. And Scare Bear, uh, Scare Bear, Scare Bear's identity has become a meme within the fandom. Who is Scare Bear? And then just giving like batshit crazy answers. Like there's theories that Scare Bear may be like Hank from the future, traveling back in time, and maybe Brock, that I it could see hate, that. Maybe it may be hatred. Uh not big enough for hatred. I, I know. It's just like, no. Uh other other there's just like <gasps> what if litany. it's the Moppets stacked on top of one another? Kind of like gnomes in a trench coat, but it's Moppets in a bear costume. That that would actually that theory has been brought up too. Good, good, good. It's a solid theory. Uh but I, as as a moderator of one of these, the one of the biggest venture fan groups was like two really big ones. I'm, I'm not on one of them. The amount of times I have to deal with a who is Scare Bear post, it, it's it turned it turned into the new uh, what is Kim coming back. Like once everyone got over their hard on for this under who is scare bear teenager Kim Kim is scare bear yeah that's another joke Kim yeah Kim yeah, is scare Kim is scare bear yeah. once everyone sort of got over Kim they all hyper and and the other joke one is uh brick frog is brick frog uh we love, I love brick, frog. brick frog uh brick frog by the way <laughs> he's based. On and I'm looking at the book right now, so that's why. I, uh, he's based on something from Jackson's youth. Uh, he had a, a mask like that that he wore for a school play, and that his mom made, like identical to that. And he had a foam brick from like Universal Studios. Brick frog. And his cousin, thinking on the fly, playing superheroes with him one day, said, I'll be Brick Frog. I come up with worse. 
Yeah, I, I, Brick Frog is such a great character. Brick that's, Frog. That's really kind of iconic. In, in fact, that... if you get the book, if you get the book, you can. There is a photo of Tiny Jackson wearing the Brick Frog, the act, the proper Brick Frog mask from his childhood. Um, but yeah, and he, we see a lot of Brick Frog. I too wish to see more of Brick Frog. Uh, yeah, no, we see a lot more. Of him. I, I, I need Brick Frog in my life, but uh, and he has and he has some really good lines later on too, uh, and he's he's become sort of an emblem in the fandom, and with the show and people listening know this, uh, but like he's tossed he's also been tossed into like various different things now, uh, just spread Brick Frog across like, the internet. Uh, he had a cameo in OKKO. Uh, Cartoon Network show by a former uh, art director on animation director, one of those, director of something, I'm tired, just ignore me, Uh, (laughs) on the show, uh, Ian Jones Cordy. He created OKKO and there is an episode where there's Brick Frog. Um, it, yeah, he, he let his he, influence spread throughout the land. He's he's been dropped into other things as a little nod to venture. It's, it's always Brick Frog, and people threaten to throw bricks at Adult Swim when they, when they canceled it. Like you know, like this is this is this is the way. This he is, is this he is, the, is way. the voice of our fandom is Brick Frog. This is the way. Yeah, he, he's not he's not he's not Revenge Society good, but he's he's Brick Frog. Um, also, nothing kills me more than Lyndon B. sitting with Lady with the Hawk version of Lady Hawk on his arm, waiting uh, for his interview with with the note. Yeah. We need milk with the note from his wife on what he needs to purchase while grocery shopping. Yeah. It's uh, it's pretty beautiful. You know what's not beautiful? Thinking your dad is fucking someone in your apartment. Yeah, uh, and I, you also I know what's not have any stories about this. Thank no, God. thank God. Uh, and you know what else is not beautiful? And I'm gonna come out and say it. Say it. Uh, Starlight Express. Yeah. It's the stupidest fucking idea for it's so off the walls dumb. And I have argued this with people, uh, but I argued it mostly on the fact that on in concept it's dumb. And I, and I still gave it the benefit of the doubt. I listened to it recently. It is dumb. There is no reason for this thing to exist. It is a bunch of people nearly killing themselves on roller skates while pretending to be trains. It is like cats, but with, with actual trains. death and action and trains. Like people break their necks doing this. It's like Spider-Man. That's like the level of fucking dangerous. It's just uh and like in Germany, I guess it like it pattered out. It petered out here. It's no longer in the US. Thank God. Community theaters do it. They should honestly I they really shouldn't. Uh, it's a liability lawsuit. That, that is that is a liability issue. They like I God I hope they're not like on roller skates while doing it. Uh, but in Germany, they've made like they built a theater specifically. Oh my God! For Starlight Express, I am not even kidding. Like that is all the theater does. It didn't exist before Starlight Express, and it. It's it's built specifically to the specs of the set, and because the set has like moving tracks, it's so stupid. <laughs> and it it's because it's because Andrew Lloyd Webber wanted to make a fucking musical about Thomas the Tank Engine. It's so dumb. Look, Andrew Lloyd Andrew Lloyd Webber is a whole mass of like, bro. It's so fucking dumb. Musically, it's so musically. Dumb. He's a freaking so genius. It's so Concept wise, uh, how much acid were you taking and can I have some? It's so 
so dumb. So dumb. So, but fun fact, I guess the main character's name is Rusty because he's a rusty fucking trade. I, I have a lot of very strong opinions about how dumb that is. And of course, Doc thinks, oh, I'll just start roller skating. That's what Rusty really needs for it to be a hit musical. Is roller skates. Because that's the most popular musical in Germany, which it actually is. Because they have their own goddamn theater. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. I got really aggressive there. I am sorry. Yes, you did. <laughs> I'm sorry. I have yelled so, so much about the, this musical before to other people. And like Phil Pirate tried to say, oh, it's, it's, but it, the music's good. It's not even that good. Like Andrew Lloyd Webber is not even that great. <laughs> he's not even that great. No, musically, like, he's very good. I will give him that. As far as compositions go, no. Like as like technically, he's very good at what he does. Yeah, no. Technically, it's like, oh, he's yeah, it's no, ingenious. You're a genius. It's ingenious. Lyrically and uh, conceptually, I want awful. to take his acid and he, away. And he may not be in charge of that for most of his shit. Like I know cats is he straight is very in charge. It's straight up T.S. Eliot poems, but come on, dude. No, no, Andrew Lloyd Webber was like super hands-on with cats, man. That's all his that is his brainchild. So is Starlight Express. God yeah. Yeah. Again, I want to take his acid away from him. Oh, and another thing about Starlight Express. <laughs> They no, let me say this. So they have moving tracks, right? Yes. Which people like broke themselves yeah, yes. doing this show. Because of it's course dangerous. they did. it's dangerous. But one of them was like it it was like and I'm gesturing and people can't see it. Uh it was like a turning bridge that lifted above the stage. Okay. With very, very little to no like you know protective like barriers to like no stop guys. you from just Careening rolling off no just rolling off okay. of it while it's mid-air because people were on it while it was mid-air it's y- yeah okay it's that show is a death trap and it's stupid okay anyway Insurance companies get on that anyway uh dean meets brown widow who uh in a Deleted scene, we find out lives next door to uh, Dean. Dean. Uh, but he, he, they, they have a heart, to, a bit of a heart to heart. Wow. Yeah. Doc, Doc's working on his magnum he's, opus. He's really trying to get the composition good. I'm like, bro. Yeah. Um, you you've got some bones, but you don't have the meat. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's uh, he's got his he's, uh, which the lyrics to this song, I want to say, they had to know what they were fucking doing by this point, um, because there is a lot of foreshadowing in these lyrics that you don't realize is foreshadowing. Like, so, like, I I theorize, and I don't know, I've never talked to Jackson Public or Doc Hammer. I don't, I don't know, and they've never said, uh, or if they have, I haven't read the interview, but they said it. Uh, they had to know what their endgame here was. And that'll make sense later on to you, I promise. Um. But allow me... <laughs> to serenade our lovely listeners with a song truly from my heart. My name is Rusty. It's Rusty Venture, boy adventurer. I'm living danger with super science alliance. It's Rusty, a life spent in barrels. Hiding from arrows of pharaohs. The dreams I buried with robot fingers. They linger. Why, Rusty? The man of action like muscle mothers. 
not brothers. On grand adventures, they push me with them for mayhem. Who's rusty? I'm rusty. Thank you. I do community theater. Um, <laughs> I know I did flies for you. <laughs> I do community theater. Please cast and me. I do your tech work. Well, we, we we're a package deal. We're a package we deal. Cheap. We work for cheap. We I work, work for we're burgers. Not, we're not equity. Um, <laughs> I work for burgers. Feed me, I'm yours. So, yeah. Um, they had to know. They had to know. what. And we'll get to a point in the show and you'll look back at the I'm Rusty And be, oh God, oh God. It'll be like, they, they had to have, like, I realize they write the show on fly, but they had to know like they're game at this point because some of that's really specific. <laughs> um, so Brown Meanwhile. And, and also Brown Widow, by the way, I just want to say, uh, much like his uh, web slinger is uh, accurate, uh, he has multiple eyes as well hidden underneath his banks which, which is why he he has the banks rocket. the tragic banks rocket uh, i mean if you're gonna do it dude go all the way and he also used to do community theater so he's the perfect rusty he was in the sound of music in the sound of music and he has perfect spider pitch he's found his rusty. uh he's found his rusty um, Baron Underbite, though, found the script that Dean left on the copier because he, of course, didn't finish copying. Like, why would you? I mean, at that point, it's like, you know, you're busy. You've suddenly discovered that there's supposedly a rehab for villains at your job. Yeah, at that point, I think he had bigger things to the, the, the whole, like, your dad's, like, 12-hour musical. Yeah, and... and- Indeed, at, at this point, is sort of decided, I'm not going to be a, like, I, I don't think I'm going to be a super scientist. I'm not sure about this. It's it's not vibing. Uh, which is really good. It's, and he tried to tell Doc that he wasn't listening. And of course Doc wasn't listening. <laughs> Doc wasn't listening. So he's, he's, he left to go write his letter of resignation on not his typewriter because his father was using it to write his musical. Which kind of works out. It's really fucking tragic. Which kind of works out. Puts him in the right place at the right time. And uh, Baron Underbite, I mean, the plan they come up with is pretty genius. I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, make him think that he's made it big. Because what gets uh, Dr. Vetcher anywhere? His ego. His ego. If you stroke that ego, you can go. He'll follow you to hell and back. Just gotta keep stroking that ego. Um, I just made the jacking off like yeah, sure. (laughs) That's what he's doing. Dismissive wanking motion. The dismissive wanking motion. Um, So, uh, yeah, the brilliant way of like getting in there to kill him. Yeah, yeah, perfect. Now they just need to seal the deal. Except uh, Dean finds Cody. Cody is out. Cody sets the building on fire. It's this whole set of motions that happen very, very rapidly. Hey, hey. Dean is Fat really trying to help. Fat Chance falls on Dr. Venture and he disappears. He's gone. <laughs> gone. Bye. Uh, and, and in beautiful venture failure, you know, the in, in the essence of failure that is the show, the script, the final, that's such a good last moment. The, script the final wrote, F.U. The script writing up. <laughs> the, the only copy, because he didn't make any copies mm-hmm. of the Rusty script. Burning it's up. gone. That's why don't write on a typewriter. That's why don't write on the typewriter back up and also save frequently. This is why I use Google Docs. I'll be honest. This is why, like, mm. most of our stuff 
functions outside of Google Docs. Because well, yeah. I forget to save. And also, but who also, fucking wants to pay for Word? I mean, Bulls, you assume that I pay for Word. <laughs> yo ho, yo ho, a pirate's life for me. You do not promote this. <laughs> um, and immediately we're connected in the end credits scene to last week's episode. You remember where we left off? Where yes. Dean shows up covered in covered soot. in soot. So we now know why. And he's Hank has just soot. found out he got laid, so he's feeling pretty good. Um, and Doctor Venture's gone. Doctor Venture's gone. Uh, and uh, Rick and Morty, Doctor Venture appears. Uh, fun facts. So you know how Fat Chance has those portals. <laughs> He sent Dr. Venture to another dimension, and Dr. Venture tried to kill his other him, who is way more successful and also has a hit show on Broadway. And also has more hair. And also has hair. Like, so what everything that Doc wants wants and should have been. Like, if his life had gone actually well. Like, it's good to know that if there's a dimension. If he's gone to therapy. <laughs> it's good to know that there's a dimension where, where things go well. Thriving. And also that uh, all Dr. Ventures have a Hank and a Dean. Kind of like a, all Every Rick's Rick has a, a Morty. Morty. <laughs> all Dr. Ventures have a Hank and a Dean. Because he's like, I'm guessing you're the Dean in this dimension. But that also, <laughs> like, begs the question of what did his Hank and Dean look like? Exactly. Well, I'm assuming, like, similar, but maybe just, like, slightly different. Maybe Hank didn't cut his hair in that dimension. Maybe they're, like, actually, like, not... Maybe they're in their 20s because they didn't die constantly. Because... I I like to think that, like, Hank's, like, really freaking bulky. (laughs) Like, he's gone almost full Brock. Beefcake Hank. Beefcake Hank. Beefcake... 22 years like yeah because i guess yeah like graduating college if like they actually if, went to call like was happy because if know, they hadn't died education if they hadn't died multiple times they'd be about 21 yeah you know? so you like know, enjoying I, so, like, life. so other so this alternate dr ventures uh other cell uh hank and sons hank is hank and dean uh you know didn't die constantly so they turned they aged properly and are 20 or the age that they should be as opposed to lying about what year they were born in to their faces uh and being off by three years uh and also it's just yeah i'm just glad that and, and that also opens the door to consider other things like part of me really want like i'm like I want to know what's in the other dimension, goddammit. I know, I know. We never will. And and they set up for something like that in, like, the last few episodes. Like, Ed hinted that we were going to get that in season eight. So I'm, like, even more pissed off. Like, I, like I was angry, but I was also angry. I'm like, you, they set up stuff, let them finish. God damn it. Don't do this to me. Um, right, don't leave right. me hanging, bro. Don't leave me hanging, bro. Um, but I really want to know, the big thing I want to know is what does the other dimensions Billy look like? Yes. <laughs> like, as soon as you thought about it, you're like, I have oh questions. God. I have questions. Okay, what if he has like, he's like, he has a very tiny head, but a very tall like, I've considered this. I've thought thoroughly about this. Like, just a little tiny head, big body. See, I like the idea of Billy still being, like, Billy-esque, but, like... What it... Tall... It's like it's like when, when they use the shrink like ray on him. Maybe, like, five inches taller. Well, no, I, I like the idea... Maybe he's, like, like when they used the shrink ray on him, and they made him... <laughs> they said he looked like Tobey Maguire in a Hulk, Hulk costume. <laughs> Like that's what that's what I I think other dimension Billy would look like is uh Billy who had the grow button on the shrink ray used on him. Yeah, a little bit bigger. A little bit bigger. 
able uh, to reach the toilet paper out the top of the trailer. May who knows? Other dimension Billy maybe didn't have all that bullshit with the OSI happen to him. But then again, does does that mean other dimension Billy doesn't know Pete? Like it's oh there's just it's so there's so much to unpack and explore. No, I want to know. And it gets even deeper, like later on, like you Oh, I almost, I almost love this spoiler. I can't no do that. I can't do that. I can't do that. It's getting really hard though now because we're getting close to some stuff. Some that juicy is... ones, but you can't. Uh, you have to remain strong because uh, we are at the end of our episode. Yes. Uh, check out The God Machine uh, on Kickstarter, written by Chandra Free. If you like Venture Brothers, you'll like this. Uh, she's awesome. We love her. She's uh, wonderful. Go to thegodmachine.org. Go to godmachine.org and give her your money. Because we're all getting stimmies. You know you want to spend it on that. Hell yeah. And then we, how we always do. I think we shall. Ready? In three, yeah. two, one. Go, Go Team, team venture. venture. Next time we'll be looking at assisted suicide. Oof. We love you. Have a great night.